Hello, thank you for choosing to join me for this episode of Manage Engine's IT Security Podcast. I am your host Megha, a product marketer from Manage Engine. I hope you're well, staying safe and healthy. The topic for today's episode is why zero trust should be at the forefront of your IAM strategy. Let's start off by analyzing the old-fashioned approach to IT security. Traditional security is designed to protect the organization's perimeter. To get in, one had to be verified and trusted, but once inside the network, further verification was not required. This security model has been compared to a castle with a moat. The moat around the castle is designed to keep the attackers at bay, but once someone is trusted and let into the castle, there are no reasons to doubt their intentions. This assumption that everything within an organization's network can be trusted is outdated. The zero-trust framework follows a never-trust-always-verify policy. It doesn't distinguish between internal and external users or devices. It treats everything as external. Hence, every individual or device that attempts to access a private network, whether it is located inside or outside of an organization's network must be identified and authorized. Unlike other security models which automatically trust individuals and devices that are already within the corporate network, Zero Trust advocates trusting no one at any time. Even though Zero Trust encompasses several factors, the only common denominator is the user. The underlying principle is to control who has access to which systems and data and have well-defined policies to define when to allow or restrict access and how to enforce it. The reasoning behind this framework is that there may be insider threats within the network in the form of a malicious employee who wants to compromise sensitive data or privileged user credentials that have been breached by a threat actor outside the organization. Let's dive deeper by breaking down the steps to adopt a zero-trust model in your IA. First off, implement multi-factor authentication and single sign-on. Relying on usernames and passwords for authentication is a thing of the past. Let's face it, most of us have password at 123 or admin as our passwords. With passwords that can be easily hacked or siphoned off in phishing scams, enforcing an additional level of security to user credentials with multi-factor authentication or MFA can ward off threat actors' attempts to breach the network. In many organizations, this outdated approach has been replaced with MFA, which needs multiple factors to prove an identity. By mandating several verification factors, hackers cannot brute force their way into your enterprise network. The hope is that if an attacker has stolen the credentials from a breach, they will be denied access when challenged with MFA. Single sign-on or SSO provides the ability for users to sign in once with their credentials and have access to all of their applications. In SSO, users authenticate once and then use that authenticated session to access all of the applications they are authorized to use. By getting rid of multiple passwords, the method suggests usability and employee satisfaction are increased. The second step is validating changes with a request and approve process. For increased visibility, teams can implement multiple security checkpoints 
to identify what is happening on the network and apply necessary restrictions on who can access the data to lower the risk of a data breach. For each request, it is important to know why somebody requires access to specific resources. Then an IT administrator must grant the user the necessary access rights only to the network areas the user needs access to. That way, even if that user credentials are compromised, the attack surface is limited. The third step is employing the principle of least privilege and just-in-time access. Insider threats and compromised user accounts are common concerns that can be mitigated if user access is limited in the first place. The concept of least privileges is to grant only the necessary level of privilege to a user to perform a certain task. By granting least privileges, it is possible to prevent lateral movement of the malware planted by the attackers, thereby reducing internal data exfiltration. Another way to limit insider threats is applying the principle of just-in-time access and grant access for only a specific period of time on an as-needed basis. This can be used for contract employees and interns. Coming to the fourth step, disabling accounts of former employees automatically. When an employee leaves an organization, their account should be stripped of its privileges and then deprovisioned. Malicious insiders could leverage stale accounts to access your organization's resources. It is a best practice to create a routine that periodically identifies stale user accounts and applies a deprovisioning policy to keep your infrastructure clean and updated. The last step is monitoring and auditing privileged user activity. Besides authenticating users and assigning privileges, it is essential to monitor and review all user activity across the network. With the documented records of all the actions performed, the data can be used to identify any suspicious activity in real time. A good practice is to integrate this audit data with your existing SIM system for analysis so that the suspicious activities can be identified and alerts can be triggered. To reinforce what was discussed, let me give a quick recap of the steps that you can adopt in IAM that can accelerate the efficiency of your zero trust policy. The zero trust mindset operates under the assumption that all the users and resources are untrusted and always needs to be verified. Adopting multi-factor authentication and single sign-on can go a long way in improving an organization's overall security posture. By granting people access to only the resources they need to carry out their tasks, organizations can minimize exposure. To prevent misuse of former employees' user accounts, automatically disable accounts via HR-vetted directory identities. All said and done, it is wise to audit every activity and any anomalies must be immediately flagged. To ensure successful implementation of zero-trust architecture, stringent security and access policies must be in place. Rule-based role access and governing and automating the provisioning of this access is an essential aspect of this architecture. By implementing zero-trust in IAM, organizations need not make a trade-off between strong security posture in the network and a productive end-user experience. 
that brings us to the end of the podcast thank you for listening if you found this session useful please share it also do write to us if you have any suggestions on topics for our forthcoming episodes this is megha signing off for now take care